Hi everyone, I'm Donia and you're listening to The Exposé, where we peel back the layers around a taboo topic, onion style. We're missing Esther and Leila this week, they both bailed on me, so it's just going to be me. Don't worry, they'll be back next time and I hope I'm entertaining enough for today. I will be asking today's weird question as, again, it's only me, so stick around until the end to hear it. This week, I'm really excited because we're actually going to be talking about mental health and recovery with two guests, Chantelle Reitma and Amna Al-Haddad, who are both appearing on the show through a partnership with Nasiba's Global Women in Leadership Economic Forum. Uh, You you can check out nasiba.com for more info and registration for the Women in Leadership Forum. So, I'm going to start. Amna, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm very grateful to be here today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to share my story with all of you. So, I am known as the journalist turned weightlifter. So, I used to be a full-time athlete in the sport of weightlifting. And I also used to be a full-time journalist. My story actually started with dealing with depression. And I'll talk a bit more about that later. But I do a lot of uh, talks in regards to mental health and to sports and how both can be combined together. Great. I have so much that I would love to pick your brain about. Chantelle, can you actually tell me a little bit about yourself as well? Hi, everyone. My name is Chantelle Reitma. I'm delighted to be on the podcast today. And I would also, my background is in psychology and I'm a certified NLP life coach. I've started my career in the corporate field and just decided one day that I need to follow my passion, which is helping, motivating and inspiring young adults as well as people with mental health issues. Can you actually tell me where both of you are located at the moment? Because I think it's really exciting. I want to tell our audience like we're in all. So I'm in Washington, D.C. I am in Dubai. (laughs) I'm in Dubai as well. Oh, awesome. Okay. We're neighbors. So we are going to start off. So this podcast is really going to be about um, mental health in different communities. And I really would love to start off by asking you, um, in the context of your identity, how are mental health issues perceived? And, you know, either of you could take over. Well, I think that there's a lot of changes currently happening when it comes to mental health in places like the Arab world where I'm from. And I have seen the changes happen in the last couple of years where there's been a lot of push for awareness for mental health in the country. In the beginning, like anywhere else in the world, you know, there's a stigma, there's the uh, taboo talking about it, dealing with depression, and obviously mental health is a lot more than just like anxiety and depression. So we're still kind of are just in the beginning, you know, steps in regards to what mental health actually means in this world. So it's not as, um, I don't want to say it's not as as advanced, but it's there's more work to be done in regards to mental health in our region. I do see that, you know, last year, actually, I was a big part of a project with the Carter Center in the U.S. in Atlanta, the Rosalind oh, Fellowship for Mental yeah, Health. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I had a fellowship with the Carter Center and have learned a lot about mental health and what's being done across the world to improve the situations for those who are dealing with mental health. Personally, for me, 
uh, I had uh, a few relapses and uh, whatnot when I was living in the United States, um, 2015, 2016. And uh, I can talk a little bit maybe about that later. If I think there is work to be done. It's, uh, you know, there's especially like uh, maybe to uh, clarify some more mental health in the Arab world sometimes is seen as lack of faith. And I think that's one of the most important topics that um, is not maybe discussed as much or is mm-hmm. always um, shed in a negative way. Like, oh, if you're, depre- you're depressed, you're not praying enough. And yeah. I think that is something maybe um, when it comes to like identity and things like that, when it comes to dealing with mental health, affect people in this part of the world where they feel, oh, I cannot express that I actually have an actual, you know, um, physiological, biological issue when it comes to dealing with depression. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Chantal? Yes, I totally agree with Amna. This part of the world, as you said, Amna, that it's down to lack of faith. And me being a certified coach, I see that all the time. And people try to deal with it in a different way. And they just get more and more emotional and their social well-being is affected. Also the way they feel and the way they act, seeking out for help might be difficult or taking the first step. But yeah, definitely we're hoping to bring more awareness about mental health in this region as well. I mean, for me personally, like living in the US, so I'm an Iranian American, I've, I've had to, I've had difficulties myself coming to the terms with like, you know, I'm dealing with like anxiety or depression, or that there's like a history of mental illness in my family. And it's not, you know, it's not just people acting quote unquote crazy, which a lot of people I think it's like very easy to identify that in Iran. And then also, therapy is not really a thing it's very taboo in our in our community and like no 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 I don't I don't need therapy as if it's like a bad thing you know there's a lot of stigma associated with therapy and and talking to a stranger about things that are very private within your when you within your home and your and the private sphere so um you know I I don't I think that this is definitely a universal issue when it comes to like taboos and stigmas around mental health and and you know receiving the services to kind of help you cope with that and heal absolutely so i would love to know what each of you do for self-care like how do you kind of you know nurture yourself and and i don't want to say deal with but i i would love to say heal like how do you heal yourself for me it's very simple i follow five easy steps um i would say make sure you get enough sleep seven to eight hours. Secondly, I would say fill, fill your body with um, lots of nutrition, healthy meals, water. Thirdly, get up and move. Don't just sit there and procrastinate. Do something mentally that can prepare you or like go to exercise. And if you don't, you can't have, don't have time for the gym, then just dance away in your kitchen. Put the music up. And the fourth one mm-hmm. is very important. Um, for me, it's be still. In today's fast-paced society, we hardly find time for ourselves. Me time is super important. Even if it's just yeah. 10 minutes of your day, just breathe, meditate, count your blessings. You know, forgive yourself and forgive others and see how great you will feel. So, and the last one for me is um, just enjoy every moment. Do the things that you love doing and stop overthinking things and love yourself. So if you follow those five steps on a daily basis, I think that will have a major impact in your life already. 
I agree. I want to add something to that, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna go first, and then I'll I'll follow up. Actually, it's really funny you ask about self care because during the conference with the Carter Center, that's one of the most things that we were told as journalists to focus on is our own self care during reporting on some of these case studies that we might come across. Because especially as a journalist, sometimes you kind of can't help but get in touch, uh, you know, and feel be empathetic for the person and their stories and what they're going through. And I had done a lot of thinking this last year myself on self-care because I dealt with a lot of situations where I I had a near-death experience of some sort recently last year and I was dealing with some PTSD and that really yeah, really wow. that really affected me so much um, and I had I had to decide to really take some time to slow down from the past you know life that just like you know Chantal just said and I've learned a lot about healing self-healing and whatnot and the things to do to actually focus on self-healing. So I actually wrote an, um, an article, a small piece, on my social media about self-care and what are the 10 steps that I personally take to help me with my own self-care and healing. Um, and one of the things that I like the most that really helps me a lot is be close to nature as much as possible. So whenever I feel down or depressed or have some kind of anxiety, I immediately would change how I feel by going to the beach. We're in Dubai, we have awesome beaches, so I go there and go for a walk. And I like to believe that by walking on the waves, the waves are actually taking away my pain, my anger, my anxiety, or whatever that's causing me depression. And some some of the other things that I like to do is meditate. I like to take some time to really breathe and focus on my breathing. And it can be very scary for someone who is not used to meditation, but you can do it for like three minutes, five minutes. It doesn't have to be a whole hour. It could be while you're sitting right here, right now, just, you know, focus on breathing in and out and um, taking a nap. Sometimes a nap can really solve any problem you have, especially when you're going through like a period where you are having a hard time making decisions. Taking a nap can truly, truly help you with that. So I'm someone who believes that sleeping really helps heal our bodies and nothing's going to change if you take a day off, if you need that time to just really focus on your mental health. Um, I could really say a lot, but um, one of the things that I really, you know, want to focus on is, like, you know, Chantal said, is, you know, self-love. Focusing on truly appreciating yourself, forgiving yourself, expressing gratitude to yourself for having gone through whatever you're going through and be where you are right now and still surviving you know something to be thankful for something to you know sometimes hug yourself for I, I hug myself and sometimes I kiss my shoulders it's like you know I'm gonna thank you you've been here for this time and you're like really doing a lot and you're carrying so much weight and whatnot and you're doing just fine you know and just it's, it's, these small things can really add up to self-care and to your over, overall mental health my brother used to tell me like when I first started my fitness journey he used to tell me Um, you know, after you work out, like take a moment and like thank every cell in your body for coming together Mm -hmm. to help you do this Mm -hmm. and, and really take the time to just, and I thought it was like very strange, but then I started doing it and I felt this kind of deep seated, like appreciation for my body. And it was kind of helping me with the anxiety and stress I felt with starting like, you know, a, a fitness routine and just starting to change my lifestyle. But something I noticed that both of you have said is like, one thing is like to be active. Mm-hmm. So I'm not for you. That's very associated with nature and Chantel um, to like move around and, and you hear a lot about how exercise helps release endorphins which really helps with mental health and my dad actually has always told me that 
when I'm feeling down or when I'm dealing with a very difficult situation, exercise, 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 take your, take your um, energy out, that negative energy out and exercise. And afterwards, you'll feel 10 times better. And honestly, I don't remember a time where I exercised and I didn't feel a rush of like happiness and um, like just a different state of mind than I did before I exercised. So would would you two agree with that? And like sleep, I think is also like when I sleep, I feel much better. Um, I do think that there is, it's not only about not getting enough sleep, it's also about not sleeping too much because I think absolutely. sleeping too much also yeah, can impact your mental state. So I'd love to hear your just like follow up on, on that too. Just to give you um, a back story of my journey and how it all started before I trained for the Olympics because I was training for the Olympics in weightlifting. What changed for me is I used to actually be on medication. I used to take Valium and antidepressants and whatnot. Things that really made me feel like a vegetable. And one day I've had enough of that feeling because medication did not give me what I needed. Instead of like giving me the energy, it suppressed me. So one day I decided that enough is enough and I went for a walk. And that walk actually changed my life. And I was walking through that, like, um, I was going th- walking through a park. And what I felt is that literally every negative thought in my mind and my body was literally just leaving my body through sweat. And that's truly how it works, that if you don't move, nothing else moves. So we hold a lot of energies in our bodies mm-hmm. when we don't actually move. And it could be as simple as, like, negative thoughts, beliefs, limiting things that we believe in and things like that so absolutely exercise makes a huge difference in how you feel after you've done it maybe once you start or before taking that first step it's always difficult but just know the Mm -hmm. after effect of that movement itself is going to be just so much greater than the pain you're feeling right now of like oh I don't want to do this I'm too tired even if it's a walk it doesn't have to be anything drastic it doesn't have to be lifting weights it could be dancing I use dancing as a therapy uh, session, honestly, like a few times a week where I just let go of my emotions and just express my feelings. So definitely movement. I just have this image of Chantel dancing around in her kitchen. (laughs) So yes, absolutely. Uh, Chantel, do you want to add anything? Yes, and I just want to add, Amna, you said that it's about the first step is being difficult to take. Um, everything in life is different. The first step is difficult. The fact is that sometimes we overthink like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. Um, but the fact is we can learn anything. We can learn how to be uh, like the athlete or we can train for the Olympics. We all have the ability within ourselves. We can do anything. So definitely just I think we it's, a, it's all about your changing your mindset in the end of the day. I agree with that also because I feel like when I first started exercising, which we had, we had a, um, our last podcast was about, in case anybody missed it, was about weight and fitness and kind of a lot of the experiences that we have had with our bodies. Um, but when I first started out, I felt like I was like stressing out about when I was exercising about if I'm doing it right, like, oh, the people next to me are, are like lifting way more or going way further, like running like much longer. So um, I definitely agree with you, Chantel. There, it's. A, I really should have just kind of like mm-hmm. focused on yourself. I think, and I think for especially when we're talking about mental health and and self care, a huge thing is like remembering that every path is different and in, in life, and it really it doesn't matter like whether it's career, family, etc. Like everybody has a different. Everybody has a different path in life, and you know how. 
um, they say, like, put your blinders on. So, when, like, when horses are racing, like, they put these things um, by their eyes so they can't see the horses next to them. So they're just running in their own lane. And sometimes I think of, of life like that. Like, if you just start, you know, focusing on, on yourself. And I think, like, that helps a lot on mental health because... I think in this day and age, so we've talked a lot about exercise, but I think in this day and age, things like social media also exacerbate mental health issues. So I would love to hear what you two think about that, because um, I think that is also like a, a problem today, if, especially for millennials. Absolutely. Um, I see a lot of people really trying to focus on putting their best self all the time online. But in reality, you know, life doesn't go that way. It's not always about the ups. There's highs, highs and lows. And I think that, you know, because I'm in that kind of sphere a lot, like, okay, you see all these like followings and whatnot and comments. But I think that the moment you realize who you are with or without like social media, like having that inner peace and having that inner confidence for who you, yeah. are, who you really are, those things will not matter. But it takes, it takes time and coaching to get someone to that level to make them really focus on what truly really matters. And it's not about how much followers you have or how many whatever comments you get and whatnot. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough age. It's a tough, you know, technology is changing a lot really fast. And our mental health kind of is still not go, going as fast with, in terms of like getting things like, um, what I'm trying to say is like getting um, like treatments and things like that. So there's a lot to be done for social media and mental health, I think. Chantal, um, our life coach. Um, yes. <laughs> I could definitely use that. Could, do you have anything to add? Yes. Um, there's been a recent study uh, through the UK that social media has such a big impact on people's mental health. I work a lot with children and young, uh, young adults, and you can clearly see they want to be that role model on social media or they want to follow this YouTuber. And either one of the YouTubers, their YouTubers recently came to Dubai and she couldn't get a ticket. She's 13 years old and she couldn't get a ticket and she became depressed. So um, just social media, media just has such a big effect on either our young adults and our teenagers these days. So Amna, you said something about um, finding your own inner peace, and mm. which is really important mm. in social media. And actually, I've taken, um, like, I think it's a three, four months off of social media now. Awesome. Um, I used to be very active, like very active. And I felt like it was giving me anxiety and I didn't know why, but I felt like I, I, was f I had to fulfill expectations but also that I was putting my self-worth into my posts and yeah. um, your value is rated based on how much how people perceive your posts and respond to them, which I think kind of ties back to what you're saying, Chantel, about the YouTuber and, and like not being able to buy a ticket. And it's almost like feeding into this fear of missing out, FOMO, right? Um, which I think contributes a lot to mental health issues because I think naturally as humans, it is something, it, it does kind of like mess with you a little bit when everybody that you know or respect or like are together in one place and you're not able to be there. And so I, I think it could be a little bit difficult to deal with that as well. Well, both of you are incredibly inspirational. So Amna, you are an amazing like inspirational speaker and uh, Chantal, you're an amazing like inspirational life coach. 
So um, I would love to know what, what, how you got into these roles, like what motivated you to get there and what motivates you to keep going, even though this work is like incredibly difficult. Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, I started my career in the corporate world, investment banking, and always loved working with people. Since a little girl, I always want to help. Even my favorite movie was Free Willy, just because he helped. He wanted to help Free Willy. We want to release him. So that is part of, it was part of me, even from a very young age. And then one day I just decided, I said to my husband, I have to um, resign and follow my passion. And it was one of the weirdest feelings because that morning when I woke up and I decided I'm gonna be a coach and use my psychology background and help people and change their mindset and support them. And for me, the most, most best feeling, the best feeling ever is when you see the aha moment, even in through my students, when they just get it, you know? It is so inspiring and that motivates me even more to help more people on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. And and do you feel that having a supportive partner has been very helpful as well? Absolutely, 100%. He's been my rock throughout. It's not always the easiest thing to start your own business going up and down and you know, you you sometimes feel depressed and you feel anxious because what will happen tomorrow. Um, but you have to have someone who can support you and throughout your journey. So, yes, he's been wonderful. Yeah, and I think that support could look different. Um, it, it, you know, and, and it could be, you know, a partner. It could be your mother. Like, I think it, I think, and do you agree with me, Chantal? Like, that could be, like, anybody in your life. I always, people say coaching, I don't need coaching or I don't need therapy. Um, I always say to them, do you know what? Coaching is not bad. You look at Usain Bolt. How do you think he, he mm-hmm. wins the Olympics, right? Because he has a coach behind him to look at, perhaps he's just doing something wrong. They He's providing them tools and techniques from an objective point of view. So yeah. it is yeah. important to have that support, even if it's your mom or your partner or your friend. Um, it is extremely important to have that support. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah. So, uh, Abdan, can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the work and what keeps you motivated to continue? Because this work can be very difficult, um, and especially if you're not incorporating self-care you know absolutely um here's the funny story actually my first ever talk that i've ever given was in 2011 and that was tedx <laughs> so oh wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you went straight for the 100 I like know, there was no like, like in between <laughs> That's um, and what was really interesting is the not, the day before the event itself we were rehearsing and i had a major freak out i was driving crying in fear of what if i screw up and yeah. there was a point where i wanted to walk away from that experience because like you know it's it's terrifying to stand in front of like 2000 people and give a talk for the first time and i was just 21 at that time as well so i was just just at the beginning of my journey as an athlete right. as, as as anything really but once i've given that talk and i've seen how people have reacted after the talk and some people come to me to this day and they remember the words i said that stuck with them is what inspires me is knowing that i actually yeah. can make a difference and even if it's just one person it will keep me going because I know that yeah. we all need somebody to believe in us. We all need someone to give us that chance, to give us that hope. And that's, I think, you know, where 
you know, mental health actually comes in a lot. It's it's all about giving somebody hope, giving them that there's a better future, there's a better way of doing things. And um, it's not an easy path, you know, like Chantel, I also quit my, you know, corporate job as a journalist, a full-time journalist to pursue uh, being an athlete and giving talks and creating my workshops and kind of like freelance, freelancing, so to speak. And uh, but just getting comments from people that I've know I've helped or my journey has helped in different ways inspires me as much as it inspires them. So I'm actually I want to flip this question and be like, what is what are the most difficult aspects of the work that sometimes like limit you in wanting to continue the work or the types of work that you do? Like, um, are, are there any um, is there any negative feedback or things that you have to deal with because of your gender or because of your background? I, I would love to kind of hear about maybe things that or or, or just like the quote unquote the haters, the people who don't know you, but um, you know, like are incredibly unsupportive. So it, does that kind of um, happen for both of you, either of you? Well, um, when I was very young, I think I was the age of 20. Um, I immigrated from South Africa to Canada um, at the age of 16, could hardly speak English, very broken. And I had to learn English from scratch. Decided to move to the UK and my first job someone said to me, you will never ever get your degree done because I could not speak English properly. However, that's, that's stayed with me for yeah. 10 years, a decade after, where I just could not go and, onto a stage and do public speaking. And my mentor, my coach at the time, he just came to me, he's like, Chantal, do you know what you have to say? So what? So what what he said? It doesn't matter. You have to let it go. And it yeah. felt like a massive bag that was I carried along all these years just disappeared. And, you know, sometimes... So if we all have these thoughts and these negative things, don't carry, carry it with you. Make sure you let it yeah. go. So for me, that was... And for you, Amna? Wow. Um, I've, you know, gotten a lot of negative feedback for what I'm doing in terms of, you know, being an athlete in a masculine sports and whatnot and giving talks and things like that. Because it's still very new in our region to do things like that. So I am aware of what I'm doing. And I know that I'm doing what feels right for me at this point in time. And I respect, you know, people's opinions. They have the right to have whatever thought they want to have. It truly does not affect me personally. Um, I reached a point where because I've have that, I have that peace as to why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and what my intentions, right. what, what are my intentions that carries through on all of my work. So if somebody has a negative thing to say that on them, it's really not going to affect the things that I do regardless because I don't see the point of focusing on these negative comments. And even when I get positive comments, I really appreciate them very much, but I also know who I am with or without these comments. And I know what I can offer with or without these comments. Knowing that helps me just continuing my work and without worrying so much about the negative aspect or the consequences that come along with it. Yeah, and I think that it, it's such a it's a life journey to get to this point. I'm now where I feel like you're like very enlightened already, but <laughs> to kind of get to this point where you 
are content with with yourself and and what you were you know what you were saying and I would love you know since probably most of our audience hasn't had the opportunity to one get any life coaching from Chantel and two to hear an inspirational talk by Amna so I would love if, if it's all right with both of you if you could give me one thing that you you say in almost all of your speeches, I'm not, or in, in most of the clients that you coach, like one thing that you would like to leave with our audience that you believe is super helpful and um, can kind of give a tidbit of the a little bit of amazingness that both of you kind of have and, and really share with people. Wow. Um, honestly, not any of my talks are the same each time. They're all different. But there is one thing that I've learned throughout my journey, and it's really just two words, keep going. It doesn't matter what you deal with in terms of obstacles, challenges, because they will come, they will come, whether you like it or not, especially when you're creating a new path for yourself and for others. But yeah. knowing to push through these obstacles, it's going to get you closer to your actual goal and what you want to achieve. And sometimes when you achieve that goal, you would think that that's it. The truth is, there's always more work to do. And just to keep going and know that each experience you have is going to help you with your growth and your development as a person and a, as a human being, you would never feel discouraged to keep going, honestly. So that's, that's yeah. what I can like, tell you um, right now on the spot. Keep going. <laughs> I want to I wanna, like, make a mug with that on the side of it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I need to tell myself sometimes. Um, Chantal, how about you? Yes, I totally agree with Abna. Keep going. And also, you can do it. Um, I always tell my clients, just remember one thing. You're the creator of your own mind. You're the creator of your own life. Um, you're the only one who has the power to change your mindset. So don't always, li always listen to others and procrastinate and overthink. Just go for it. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. And do those self-care steps that we all practice on a daily basis and you'll see you will feel brilliantly um sometimes yes yeah. we do our ups and downs but as it takes 21 days to create a habit and 21 days to uh, break a habit so start creating habits like the self-care habits that we all do 21 days to um, make a habit but also to break a habit yes oh interesting i didn't know that <laughs> well we are coming towards the end so i want to close off with asking either of you if there is a personal mental health or recovery story that you would like to share with our listeners i think Amna, you you spoke about this a little bit but um is there kind of like a personal story that you'd like to share that you know probably a lot of our readers could sympathize with? Um, I honestly had three major episodes with depression throughout my like entire life so far. And I would say the recent one I had was after the Olympic qualifiers because I was very much injured during that time when I was training for the qualifiers. And once I have reached that goal we have qualified as a team for the olympics and one day i realized that my dream is kind of shattered and the fact that i'm injured and i had to stop suddenly from training because of that injury so there was this sense of what if what's going to happen next and that was yeah. a very scary thought with a lot of people do not address very much and it's not just for athletes or anyone but it's for anyone who has a big goal, they want to achieve it, and they do it, and then they don't think about the 
next steps. So life is a series of goals and by hitting one goal doesn't mean it's the end for us or it's the end of the journey. Knowing, you know, having like few steps to keep in mind is first acknowledge it. Realize it's going to happen. Realize that you will face the end of a certain goal at some point. By acknowledging that you will have a better chance at recovery or a better chance at creating new goals or a chance to just deal with the process of healing or grieving um, as part of that. Because I was grieving for, I don't know, almost a year, to be honest, after that experience. And it helped me to, you know, start setting new goals, creating a, a support network that's very, very important to have that. And it could, it could be a friend, it could be a coach, it could be just, you know, being part of a group that comes together to talk about similar things like spirituality, religion, or dance, or God knows whatever that they would like to achieve. And having those kind of steps in mind on how to deal with the aftermath of a situation or acknowledging that it could happen really does help and speed up the process of recovery. Um, that's the one that I could really mention right now. I mean, I could keep talking like about each experience, but I think I'm going to take all the time. But um, I just want to leave people with the thought that, you know, just because you, you end up defining yourself, you define your success, not your goals. Your goals are not you. They're just part of what you do. But only you can oh, define I love that. And, and you, only you can define your self-worth and your success. And honestly, the simple fact you're here as a human being on earth, that's a big success as it is, honestly. You were chosen mm -hmm. to be here to do something. Yeah, totally. You define your own self-worth and success. I love that. And Chantel? Yes, um, I totally agree. Define yourself and your success. Um, so I'm going to go with the story. It's actually not, not a success story for myself, but it's more something for the listeners to see how powerful our mindsets are. So a very close friend of mine, she, had to, she traveled to South Africa to visit her parents. And you guys won't believe it. When she came back, her father called and he was really, really ill. His hands became yellow and his face became yellow. They went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything. Weeks went past. He couldn't go to work anymore because he just, just became worse and worse and worse. And probably after two months, he's lying in bed all day long and just can't do anything. She decided to give him a call. So she called him and said, um, Dad, just by the way, what cream are you using? And he's like, oh, the one that you ha left in the um, bathroom. And he, she's like, dad, the reason why you're turning yellow is because you're using self-tan lotion. So <laughs> the moral of the story is um, we can overthink so much and we can make ourselves physically and mentally ill. So instead of a success story, I thought this is something great to leave with the, with the listeners, just to see how powerful our minds are. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is the perfect place, um, I think, to end our lovely conversation. Chantal and Amna, I want to thank you so much for being here with me um, and having this amazing conversation that I think our listeners would find very valuable as I have. I personally have taken like about 10 quotes from both of you that would be the best like coffee mugs um, <laughs> I need to like start my own company now I want to give a special shout out to the Nasiba Global Women in Leadership Economic Forum for connecting us with these amazing amazing women that I hope I can be friends with for you know a lifetime uh, for more information on the Women in Leadership Forum you can visit nasiba.com and that's N-A-S-E 
ba.com. The expose is produced by Narmin Syed, Suha Sabi, Esther Mourinho Barro, Leila Alawa, Mary Morrison, Taylor Ferris, Beverly Wakiaga, and me, Donia Nasser. We put out new episodes every Wednesday. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podmas. Go to thetempest.co for more information, breakdowns of each episode, and the link to our Twitter so you can keep up with us all the time. The expose itself is brought to you by The Tempest, the global media company changing the narrative of diverse millennial women. You can find our playlist on Spotify and 8-Tracks to spice up your music library. We update it after every episode. If you have any suggestions, complaints, or funny jokes, you can email hey at thetempest.co for tweeting us at the expose show. So that's at the expose show. And you can feel free to send us death threats. We love them. See you next week. Bye.